We know now that Pastor Tony's away for the next couple of weeks. Gone to the land of sunny Australia to um, help in the SOP and doing whatever he's doing there. So he sends his, I wouldn't say he sends his welcoming or his greetings, but he sends just the same old, same old, carry on doing what you're doing. Is that all right? And we're reminded of just one simple thing. If I am delayed for any reason, you know how to handle yourself in the house of God. Is that all right? So we don't need to look all shocked. Pastor Tony's not here, but wheels don't fall off. Is that all right? <laughs> you know, you don't do us any favors when you keep quiet. Pastor Tony's not here, but the wheels don't fall off, do they? Now, you'll have to bear with me this morning, and I mean bear with me a little bit, because we're going to do church different. Is that okay? I'm into doing church different this morning. So this morning isn't just going to be about a preach, but we're going to have a little bit of audience participation. (laughs) It's behind you, David, just in case. But you know, the heart of what we carry should be the heart of the Father, isn't it? Last time we ministered, we ministered on, I am about my... Thank you for the four of you still here. I was about my father's business. Now let me pick up on part two and just read you from Isaiah 61 to start with. It said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them the crown of righteousness, sorry, of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We are called the oaks of... What do, we, uh, from, what do oak trees come from? From tiny acorns, from something so small becomes so big. Yes? Yeah. Now, for all of us who were brought around and lived in a certain day, we know what oak trees are for. Oak trees are only for one thing. For climbing. That's it. For those of us who grew in the days of, and this film is in Technicolor, when Errol Flynn really did have green pants, or surely there's not only me who's 28. When Errol Flynn had real green pants and oak trees were all the places where heroes lived. Is there a reason it's only the girls saying yes? Fellas, did you not climb oak trees? Did you not all think you were Robin Hood? Did you not, in the six weeks holidays, have a bit of stick with a piece of string out your mum's kitchen and try to make your own arrows and if you got from here to Dave, you were doing good? If you're lucky... If you were lucky, you had a, a granddad or a dad who would make you a hat out of a piece of newspaper, fold it up, you'd stick it on your head. Oh, no, I t- tell you what, this digital generation haven't a clue what's going on. When you made your own entertainment, when your mum used to knit you a pair of trunks for the swimming baths that as soon as you got wet, they hung around your knee. <laughs> We lived in a different time. You see, that's why we have greater character. Because you had to go around the swimming baths with your trunks hanging around your knees. No, but joking apart, we are called to be oaks of righteousness, the splendor of the Lord. But we said that we are about our Father's business. We don't need to go into it all in depth because we covered it last time. But when we read that Isaiah 61, even if we just pick up two dimensions of that, captives and prisoners made free. That is our father's business. We used even as uh, we was in the worship this morning, the story of Mary and the way that Mary, her life from being despair and shame turned around. She's, um, she's affirmed, she's acknowledged, she's made whole, she's walking with life. All of this, captives and prisoners made free. The job of the church is not to tell people how bad they are. I said the job of the church is not to tell people how bad they are, but how great their God is. 
And that if they can meet the living God, their life that might be bad and in despair can turn around. But we are the carriers of life. We are the carriers of hope. And if you meet people and they don't see that projection, there's only one person to blame. You and me. Because if you're the gossiper in work, you're the most miserable person, you're the first to bail out, you're the lazy one, that if the boss isn't looking, you're the quick one to get your feet on the desk and go straight to Facebook, you're not necessarily the, the example that we're looking for. Look, we've all done it. But yet we are to be oaks of righteousness and about our father's business. The father's business was, I've broken it down to four parts. Restoration, redemption, life, five parts, four and a half point five, to build and to plant. Where Christ is, he builds in our lives. He builds and he plants. He sows his word. His word comes to us. His promise always comes in seed form. That word is placed into our hearts. We nurture it. We water it. We protect it. We work on our garden so that it will bear fruit and bring glory to the Lord. Is that right? The enemy also has a work. And his work is to kill, steal, uh, destroy, to lie and blind the minds of the people. Our job is to bring light. His job is to bring polar opposites. Yeah? But so much has happened that in the church, not saying the church, the church, that we get lost in philosophies, we get lost in how spiritual can we be that we are so heavenly minded we're no longer earthly good. We give words that no longer mean anything to anybody in their place of reference. They have no reference point anymore. That life just goes by and I seem to get on this treadmill of I accept Jesus Christ my personal saviour and it's a little bit like the generation game, the teddy bear passes. As long as I can fall off the end and still be on, the conveyor belt, it didn't matter what happened in life as long as I stay on the conveyor belt. Surely life's bigger than that. Surely life is bigger than that. You know, for anybody who knows me well enough, I, have, I say this thing, I don't realize I'm saying it, but it's only when somebody tells you, you realize how much you say it. I'll be saying something, Alligator. Don't worry, Andy, it's all part of the adventure. We're going to Malaysia, we're on the bus, we've missed something. They say it's the wrong timing, you should be here tomorrow. Don't worry, it's all part of the adventure. And we throw that out, but life that we have, do you know, when I grew up, and I grew up as a small boy, I believed that this world was this amazing place to be. And every day when you got up as a kid, and you opened that door, and your mum and dad, see again, remember, I lived in the days of no health and safety. I lived in the days... Of no social services. Forget latchkey kids. We never even had a key. We'd have, right, we're going out now. Here's the front door. There's a foot. We'll see you back for your tea. The adventures I had as a kid, if I think now, it would be, you know, Pastor Tony's granddaughter, Ella. Yeah. You think of Ella, and then you think of little Harper, baby one. That would be my big brother and me. He'd be four years older than me, and we'd be in town. <laughs> we'd find our way into town. We were, for those of us, again, old enough, who remember these things, Bellevue Zoo. Yeah. Bellevue Zoo. We knew how to climb into Bellevue Zoo. So I'd be four or five. He'd be eight or nine. And we'd be in Bellevue Zoo, we'd be on somebody's allotments, we'd be fishing in the reses, we'd be looking for golf balls and swimming in a pond. I couldn't even swim, but I'd be in the pond looking for something. Then we'd have our oak tree and our Robin Hood. Everything was an adventure. You were just a scatty pants, backside falling out of your pants, snotty nose kid. But yeah, everything was, this is brill. You know, there was nothing that you couldn't take on. And you never felt you missed out because everybody else was the same. Was that right? You were lucky if your mum would give you a jam butty wrapped in a piece of old newspaper to stick in your pocket. Never mind, I've got a can of Coke or a bottle of pop. If you had a bottle of water 
an old milk bottle with something jammed in the top so the water didn't come. You had a picnic. You had an adventure. I've got a dirty bottle of water. Half the time in a milk bottle, I've not even washed. It's half creamed and it's grey. Well, you've never been a kid with a jam butted all split. It's all in your pocket. And it's... Come on, did anybody have an adventure as a kid? Do you know, I kind of believe this, that if we had an element of that, it's all right now, and I'm willing to scare myself a bit, life can still be an adventure. Not only can life be an adventure, this can be the greatest adventure you ever take. Do you know that? You know, Jesus was the modeled life, wasn't he? He's the modeled life and he's the pattern son. It was, this is how a man can live his life. I show you as a man can go through all these things so that you can go through the same things. If one man can do it, so can you. But the original pattern to man was given in Genesis. Now, I'm not going to cover on that today. I'm thinking, should the Lord tarry and we get around there, maybe next week we'll cover. There's a scripture from Genesis, which is, is an awesome scripture. And we'll use Dave here as an example. And it says, Dave smells like a field that the Lord has blessed. Maybe next week we'll look at, unless the Lord gives it a different way, we'll look at how to find your field and be blessed in it. Okay? So we'll look at that slightly different. So we'll get on that, but we know there was an original pattern, but I don't want to get bogged down. But this is one thing I want to pick up on this morning. Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. You know it even as soon as I start reading it. And I tell you the truth, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in, uh, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The words of Christ that we pick up in that is, I will build my church. Is that right? I will build my church. Who's going to build the church? Jesus is going to build the church. Are you going to build the church? Is the AOG going to build the church? Is the Church of England going to build the church? Baptist, Methodist, or any other ism on the end of it, are they going to build the church? No. Jesus Christ is going to build the church. We are those who express what we see our understanding of Jesus' pattern is. But I will build my church. So you ready now for some participation? What's church? Let's define what's church. Okay. Watch my dodgy writing. Church. Shall I help you out here just for a minute? Shall I give you a couple to start with? Okay. Let's say we have a traditional church. What about a contemporary church? What about a family church? And now you can do the rest of the work. Progressive. Try and think of words I can spell. Evangelical, okay. Spiritual. Radical. Radical. Oh, that's good. Can we have somebody else apart from Veronica, please? She's been up early. <laughs> oh, friendly seeker. Oh, let's put it the other way. Seeker friendly. False. Pentecostal. We will describe Pentecostal as being charismatic. Is that all right? We're kind of dumbing it down a little bit because we don't need to go and it's Baptist and it's Methodist. Be here all day. Okay, so we'll just say 
charismatic. Any more? Oh, dead. Oh, that's a good one, David. All right, over here. <laughs> dead. <laughs> Any more? Prophetic, well done, well done that lady. Prophetic, what was yours, Dave? Religious. Religious. That's wrong. Spelled wrong. Worshipping church, there you go. Does that kind of sum up most of it? Prodigal church. Bring it out of work. Stop you reading your Bible there, Mary. And try, <laughs> I'm just reading my dictionary definitions here at the back. Oh, it's a living stone. I think you'll find out it's Matthew. <laughs> right, living stones. <laughs> Showing off there. Not enough room, so living s there. Much of a definition of what we're talking about. Would we be fair? What's missing? Well, yeah, but you'd like to think that's going to be expressed in all of that. God centered, yeah. Something missing. Bible-based. I'll tell you what, I'll put you on a new piece of paper. The church has the ability to see things changed. If we're going to be looking at being a church that will affect our communities, our lives, our families, our very selves, then it has to meet a God who will transform things. See, I can turn around and say all day that we're a family-ordained church, that we love kids and we like to take you from the cradle to the grave and we'll work things through. We like to be a teaching church. We want to be a Christ-centered church. We want to be Bible-based church. We want to be living stones. We want to be charismatic. We want to be a worshiping church. We want every expression that's found on there because there's not one that's right and one that's wrong. You can say, I'm a traditional church because people take traditional as being, we still use hymn books. And you can say, I'm contemporary because we've got dancers at the front and we've got a smoke machine. What is contemporary? Contemporary is, am I bringing the word that God is saying today? If I am not bringing the word that God is saying today, I am not contemporary. It does not matter how many smoke machines, how many lights how many people you've got in your choir, how big your band is. You can have a church of 5,000 people, 10,000 people. It doesn't matter. If God is not speaking in it, it is not contemporary. You have a very big meeting of people. We need an encounter with the living God where I know that I have been touched and my life has been touched to a degree that it can touch and transform others. I have to meet with the living God. What's missing is power. Now, back in the day, not back in the day day, when I still had saggy shorts and a paper hat, when our Dan was having his house done up, he had an electrical box, circuit box in his house, consumer unit, I think it's a technical term, and it had been decommissioned. The house had been left vacant for a while, and they had a big piece of tape across it that says, decommissioned, do not use. So you know what that meant? Phil turns up, takes the tape off, turns the power on. But it's not, not the way it should be done. It was decommissioned. And what you'll find is, in your life and my life, the power source from heaven to you hasn't changed. Normally, one of two things has happened. The fuse has been taken out, or there's a breaker switch. Now, for you ladies who are going to loo in the dark, don't worry, we'll figure that one. Because Pastor Tony has the key to turn the power on, and he just so happens to be in his pocket in Australia. So we'll figure it between now and when he gets back, but don't worry about it. But that's the same thing. There isn't a problem of the power coming to you. Yeah. 
The problem is when it hits your consumer unit, how does it work from there out? Because if we are going to be about our father's business, there has to be more to us than dynamo street magic. There has to be more than pick a card, any card, David, and I'll tell you what it is. Yes? We have to be able to demonstrate physically, emotionally, and verbally a changed and transformed life. Ladies, you went through it and had a fantastic time when you did Meeting Places of God and you actually learned what a testimony was. (laughs) Thank you for your underwhelming response. On that, you learned that a testimony wasn't just the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour, but how he has walked with you, guided you. It's your journey is your testimony, not just one thing. And the things that you're looking to turn around, transform and change. You know, we have a situation, and we used it last week. We were talking, it was in the early morning prayer meeting, and we talked about faith, and we're praying about faith. And I just got this picture into, into my head, and I mentioned it to Pastor Tony, and he, he mentioned it in the room. And that was, faith, is it, if it's a commodity in the bank, has no face value unless it's invested. Your faith can never grow unless it's invested. Shall I tell you again, because you've got blank faces? Unless you use your faith, it can never grow. Do you know, for any of us who've got a fiver left, and we want to put it in the bank, and the bank at the minute goes, I'm sorry, you can put your fiver in here, leave it for the next five years, and it'll be worth five pounds and five pence. There's no return on it, is there? If I want to turn my five pound into something bigger, I've got to find a different place to invest it rather than just sticking it in my spiritual bank. If you've got faith on a general everyday level in your life, will you see a measure of return in you? Yes. Will it be a very small measure? How does faith grow? By using it. Ralph, if you can give us the first piece of video. I'll talk while Ralph's just planning this a second. Faith has to be invested. But we get lost with so many things, get lost believing that it is so special. Gospel according to Dumbo. Look at you, you have more attention there than I've got. You know, the whole story there in Dumbo is this. He finds himself, if you get the back story, the back story is one day he finds himself, he's been out, he's been, been drinking alcohol, he didn't realize it, and he's seen all the uh, elephants, and he finds himself on um, a telegraph wire. And it was, how did he get here? And the crows tell him that he had a magic feather. And this magic feather gave him the ability to do things as long as he had a magic feather. In church, we have a magic feather. All the time we believe, if I get this, spirit, uh, this special amazing thing that will form from heaven, this special kind of spiritual pixie dust that will fall on certain individuals in a meeting, they are the ones who can transform something and do something. And we feel that, If I'm 10 times bigger when I go out than when I came in, then I can do something today that I didn't do before. Would that be fair? I'm trying to put it in Phil speak here, but I'm trying to make it so that we all understand. We believe that the magic feather that people hold in church is a magic feather for very special people. It's these very special people who's been super spiritual. They've prayed and fasted for six days out of seven They've never got out the word because they've never gone to work. They've never had to face with life issues. But they're the ones that if I was at a bus stop, they're the ones who are going to help me. They're the ones who will pray for the sick. They're the ones who have the story to tell. They are the special people. Is that true? Is that true? Who are the special people? (laughs) Well, it seems that this row over here seems to be the special ones. It's all of us. And you know, the thing is, even looking at your response, body language and the way you come back, you still don't believe it yourself. And you know who doesn't believe it themselves? Let me turn this way. I'll face me too. 
It's every one of us, we face the same things every day. That not only it seems to use all my strength and energy maintaining a daily walk without actually expanding and bringing some power into it. Would that be fair? So things need to change. See, we're talking this morning about Resurrection Sunday. I began to quote to you before from 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15. It says that if there is no resurrection, we have no gospel and our faith is in vain. Everything that we have is because of this resurrection of Jesus Christ. I told you that next week we'll look at maybe the bigger pattern from Genesis and move through. But yet in this whole process, if we are about our father's business, we cannot be about it without this. But it's been open to us, and it was a free gift. I said it was a free gift that is given to all of us, and not just special ones in the room. If you need to convince yourself, and you need something that says, Phil, you know, I'm a visual person, I still need to be able to believe in something, go and buy yourself a feather. Buy a feather, find a feather, stick it behind your ear, stick it in your Bible, do whatever you need. Or get a talking mouse, which are the ones you can find easier. Get yourself a feather that just says, my God, this reminds me that it's not about this. It's all about you. You know, we said that Jesus is our pattern son, didn't we? Through his living, Jesus destroyed all the works of the evil one. Even in your life that's upside down and back to front, Jesus destroyed all the works of the evil one. In 1 John 3, 8, it says this, for, uh, sorry, this one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy all the works of the devil. How many works? If all the works of the enemy are destroyed, what's left? So what does he do? Keep coming back with lies, with a shadow, with an intimidation, with fear. In all of these aspects, he's looking to turn our lives inside out and back to front. But Jesus Christ says, I came so I could destroy all the works of the evil one. You know this is Resurrection Sunday, don't you? He came to destroy all the works of the evil one so that you and I can come into life, that you and I can start to find the power, that you and I can start to do what he did. You're not convinced. I tell you, I keep having to tell myself every day. In Acts 10.38, it says this. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God appointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Who did he heal? How many works did he destroy? Who's about his father's business? And who are we called to be about our father's business? Us. To do it, if we have no tools in the shed, how can we do the job? You know, again, learning from the let's build Dan's house from the ground up, kind of figured out this. If you have no skill and you have no tools, you have an empty wallet. So I'll give you that equation again. No skill and no tools means an empty wallet. Why? Because I've got to pay everybody else to come and do what I can do. No skill, no tools, Empty wallet. Now take that into a spiritual context. If I don't build the skills into my life, if I don't have the tools of which he's given me and using it, I end up spiritually bankrupt. Because everything is used to invest in just getting me by, hoping that somebody will do me a favor. If you want a horror story, just recently, just listen to Paul and Em. Paul and Em, you know Em's pretty organized. For any of us who's been to her house, you'll go through any door and there's a letter pinned to the back of it says, this room needs tidying, painting, decorating, doing all, it's all on the list. And she says, I'm project managing. But you know what you can't manage? A box of frogs. 
So when you've got all of these people going, Dave promised me he'll be here by 2 o'clock on Wednesday, and then, of course, that means Dave can come at 4 o'clock on Thursday. When he doesn't turn up, that means he can't turn up. And when he doesn't turn up, that means that Chris can't come and turn up, and the whole house of cards all falls in. Yeah? We've got these aspects that one sows on other waters, God brings the increase. You never know where you are in the chain. You never know where you are of whether I'm the one who's going to plant a seed or I'm the one who's going to get it over the line. I had this thought after covering the foundation series that we did in uh, Authentic. Who gets the soul winner's crown? I'll be going quiet on me. You were all here. Soul winner's crown works like this. If Dave sowed a seed and Julianne watered the seed and Dave gets it over the line, was Dave the one who got the crown? Because you're all part of the process. But we feel that our roles are so small and what we do and we don't impact anything, it's better to say nothing, do nothing, stay quiet, because I got up this morning and I don't feel like I've got my magic feather and I don't feel like I want to be part of the adventure today. But the adventure is for all of us and we can see so many things turned around. You know, everything concerning sickness, relationships, broken lives, Jesus Christ dealt with at the cross. He dealt with it at the cross and we had the victory that came through from his resurrection. Through his death, he destroyed all the power of the evil one. So through his living, he destroyed the works. And through his death, he destroyed the power. We had two sides of a coin. You know that often in your kids as they grow up, you find a chalk and cheese. Can you have two kids and think... One of you must be the Miltmans because I haven't a clue where you came from. Different natures, different characters. Is it, tell me I didn't just live in a strange house. Well, I do live in a strange house. Trust me, the kids have moved out and I still live in a strange house. And it's not me who's strange. But you have these two people who are talking chalk and cheese. I could take Joel... And if I take Joel, I could look at Joel in a way, just look at him, and I'd have perfect, I wouldn't say obedience, but you had him on a short leash. Just by, there was a look, and he was there. And then Dan turned up. And then Dan was one of those kids that if mum decided that whoever it was was going to give him the right hand of fellowship, on a certain day, he'd be, is that the best you've got? If you gave him a tap, and sometimes that tap was a slightly bigger tap, that was Angie, she's ever handed. He'd literally turn around and do a Bart Simpson on you and go, do you want another go? Dan disagreeing with his mum, pulling off the seatbelt and trying to jump out of the car at 40 miles an hour, pushing the door open and trying to jump out. With Joel, you could, you could literally lead him by your eyes. One look, and that look meant you and me are going to be having a moment. Dan was, I don't care what you're going to do, because I'm still going to come out the other side. I'd like to think he's changed. But that's another story for another day, isn't it? But the reason I say that is, the enemy can come along at times... And he brings something back to mind that intimidates, that holds you in position, that you think the threat of what he could do is greater than what he can achieve. We know the term, don't we? Your, bite, your bark is worse than your bite. And the enemy comes along and barks. And he barks and he barks and he barks. And he tells you about how no good you are. He tells you that you're not loved. He tells you you're not wanted. He tells you what can you ever do, that you can't change anything, what you're bothering about. We've all got the DVD. Yeah. And we had that DVD. 
you've had that moment when you're lying in bed and there's only you and your video Netflix. I'll call it Nightflix that you put on. You put on your Nightflix and you start seeing about everywhere you were a dog and you let God down and you failed, so why not bother? And you kick into one thing and, and, and now I should punish myself because I don't deserve for God's grace. All of that. Has anybody got the box set? And we've got it now where we don't even need the player. We've got it live streamed. And at any time, you can flick it on. It destroyed the power and he destroys the works. All he says is, if you will allow me to build the truth, you will give you the skills and give you the tools to see things changed, you will change. The application is always down to you. But there's no problem with the power. There's no problem with the tools. And we're not waiting for a magic feather. Do you know, we've covered this before in lots of different ways that says, you know, sometimes what we need is not a Bible verse. What we don't need a visit from an angel. What we need is a friend. We need sanity corner sometimes. We need sometimes when maybe, for instance, these like Dave and and, uh, I and Pastor Tony will go out in the summer and we'll play golf and stuff. And Dave will tell you about the random conversations that get had. Do we not have random conversations? It can be about anything. And when I mean anything, we're fellas. We'll talk about anything. But some of those conversations are just in the middle of doing nothing. Something starts to bounce around. Somebody starts to open up a little bit. And there's a hand on the shoulder that says, don't worry about it, Dave. You're a div. (laughs) Or vice versa. But sometimes when we've lost perspective and life seems to be getting so big and it's running riot, you need a voice of sanity. And lots of time you want to run to God and say, God, will you be my voice of sanity? And he says, I put you in a body for a reason. That we have lives that are interlinked together. We share life. We build life. That as iron sharpens iron, so sharpen one another. But if we don't have friends, how sorry are we? If you're going to invest in anything this year, it doesn't need to be a a bullet blitzer juicer. It doesn't need to be Weight Watchers. It doesn't need to be a gym membership. It needs to be invest in a friend. Shall I say it again? Invest in a friend. And can I tell you something? The 300 people you've got on Facebook are not your friends. Somebody you follow on a tweet It's not your friend. Looking at somebody else's YouTube channel, it's not a friend. Find a friend and start to do life. But shall I tell you something scary about friends? They'll let you down as much as you let them down. Will they cheese you off? For the four of us who's got a friend, will friends cheese you off? Yes. Is there times when they think, you go left and I'll go right for a bit? Is there times when you just think, is it worth it? Is it time when you think, shall I invest or shan't I invest? When I look down at my phone and think, it's Meerkat Wednesday, I'm going on my own. Because even if I go, you'll eat, the way you eat your popcorn does me head in. And I just want to enjoy something on my own. Guys, invest in a friend. But do you know why most of us don't do it? Because we're afraid of being hurt. We're afraid of being let down. But if you can, I think they turn around and give an actual statistic that says, if in your life you have had three friends, not acquaintances, not somebody you shared a pizza with once. If you have three friends in your life, then you are a blessed person. Everybody's not your friend. You can be friendly to someone, but who's your friend? A confidant. Somebody will kick you up the backside. Somebody will tell you. Do you know what? There's, you've known and recognized that Pastor Tony and I have a different kind of relationship. If you see us at times 
there is a term that is sometimes used, the fishwives. I'll say it again, the fishwives. And Dave's been on the receiving end of it, of when if I see something one way and he sees something the other way, he's not necessarily coming to the middle ground. <laughs> and vice versa, and vice versa. And you can push in and you, all that. But you know what? Think of yourself just this morning. I'm just going off track here a moment. You want to know who your friends are, or you want to know who you can rely on. Why don't you write yourself a little list that says, it's two in the morning and I'm stuck in Blackpool. Who can I call? And it better not be Ghostbusters. <laughs> if you said my friend in the RAC, because he's like a friend. He's like a friend because my car breaks down every other week. <laughs> it's questions that you ask yourself. Who do you share life with? Where are you going? I know we've gone off track here for a moment, but that's all right. We've got to find a way of doing life so that the life that we carry, the boxes that we tick, can get us to a place where we can carry this. Yeah. And we carry this in the testimony that we have, not just what we can do. See, if I can turn around and say, do you know most things in Scripture you can learn? Yeah? yeah. yeah. You know you can be taught to prophesy? Yeah. That when somebody can help you, I can help you to develop your spiritual language. I can teach you how to understand the word. I can, un I can teach you how to hear the voice of God. I can teach you how to preach. I can teach you how to minister. I can teach you how to counsel. Yeah? Most of the stuff that we've got uh, in a, a place where we can not only just learn it, but develop it, grow it, and be better. Yes? But if you don't give us something to work with, nothing changes. So if no one's ever taught me, and I understand the principles... You see, when I am, I use this in the right term, naive. So I first come in, and I believe that Jesus Christ changes the world, and that I've read that Jesus heals the sick. So when I first come into church, I have no problem saying, why don't you come and help me pray for Dave? Sorry, Dave, you've been sat right at the front. <laughs> come and help me pray for Dave. I have no problem believing that God can touch Dave because nothing else has clouded me yet. Would that be fair? Yeah. And then life comes along, and doctrine comes along, and I read too many books, and I watch too much God channel, and I look at things on the internet, and I read so many articles that now kind of goes, if I have to pray for Dave today, is it a Sabbath? Is it not a Sabbath? Have we got the red heifer sacrifice in place? Is the blood atoning or not atoning? Is it premillennial, amillennial? We've got every reason. Well, it, well, if I pray for him and he doesn't get well, that's because of his hidden sin. And Dave has no faith to invest. Have you seen why we stop doing everything? We get so smart, we get spiritually stupid. I have this thing in my office at home. I'll tell you, I'll let you into my office just for a moment. I have a piece of string that runs like this, and I have Frankenstein, it's Herman Monster actually, in the middle, and then I have another piece of string with a can on the end, on each end. And it just says, keep it simple. There's the other bit, if you want to follow it, keep it simple, stupid. That we think that we've got to be so complicated and so spiritual that we actually lose the life that we're supposed to carry. Now, I can play all the big words. We can do everything this morning, which is just going to be doctrinal. We can pull everything out and we say, right, let's break this down and let's look at the redemptive power of the cross and the power of the resurrection this morning through how the blood sprinkled and we went through the curtain. It's been ripped once and for all and we can sit in the throne room and the blood was placed on the mercy seat because it's the first place where sin was created because that's where Satan fell from. Where do we want to go? Or I can keep it really simple this morning that says, a bit like Dumbo, life's in front of us. We've got a bit of an adventure. It's not about special people. It's about you just having life and having that life and carrying it outside. Ralph, put the next piece on for me, please. Just while Ralph's doing this. It says if the men, men of Issachar knew what? Knew their seasons or their times. They understood 
where they were from. Yeah? Got life in three minutes. All your hopes, all your dreams, all your aspirations, let's take them from up. Pixar's up. If you look at it, it was two kids who started it, and it was always, adventure is out there. And they're always going to have an adventure, but life always dictated to why they couldn't. Every time you plan for something, something else came along, and it stopped you from doing it. And you look back at the end of your life, and when all of those things we were going to do, we didn't. All of those things we planned to do, and we promised, and we're going to buy ourselves a Davy Crockett hat and just go running wild in Daisy Nook. Whatever it is you were going to do, you didn't do. Time doesn't dictate us, but there's another piece of video that we could have shown. And it's the continu continuation of that, of... If you watch the film, they have this album that they turn and it says about adventures out there and they're going to go to Paradise Falls. And what you didn't see there was Ellie passing the book back. And he's so used to it because they've looked at it all their lives. But it's one day he sat somewhere and he turned a page falls by accident. And there was more pages in the book that he ever thought. And she writes on the last page and she says, thanks for the adventures. Now go and make a new one. You and I are in a place that says life is an adventure. You know, some of us do things that scare us continually. You know what I class as being scary, you might think is nothing. What you think scary, you know, I might go, I'm never doing that. You know, people who pack up, people go on a mission field, people start new works, people... This morning, bless them, this, this couple, we got a phone call and there was a knock on the door the other day and there goes, there's a baby that's six hours old. The adventure. And I, Veronica looked at me and she says, I know you're thinking, I'm nuts. And I said, no, it's not your nuts. In me, I cannot see how you can emotionally invest at the level you invest and not rip your heart out at the end of it. We each have different parts of us, don't we? So let's ask a different question. We talked about the power before. Now what stops us going? Okay, so we can say he's us. It's a dodgy us. Confidence. Belief. What else did somebody? It's not right, is it? What else did somebody else say then? Fear. Fear. It's probably if we just did that, it covers everything, doesn't it? Saw something a while ago. Ken Dodd, Gospel According to Ken Dodd, and he was talking to some young stand-up comedians. And they was doing like a think tank and just bouncing some stuff around. And somebody asked him the question. said, how do you deal or how did you deal with stage fright? You know what the response was? Keep doing it until you're not afraid anymore. What if I talk to somebody and they'll reject me? Get over it. What if somebody says they don't like me? Get over it. You know, what if somebody turns around and says, you're one of them Bible knotters, you. <laughs> yeah, you're right, I am. But get over it. But you never know where you are in the chain. You never know on that investment where you play your part. Because you are the carriers of life. God's not coming down from heaven to change Drollsden. He put you here for that. How scary is that? You know what was even scarier, and I'll tell you this, to shame her, sat at the back, this is the kind of respect and honour, when I got that piece of video out, Ange went, you look like Cal. <laughs> Get out, Bill. 
But the adventure is out there, and the adventure's in here. And the adventure is in here, in you. This morning, as we said, I've kind of, I have deliberately, don't be thinking when you go home for your egg and chips, Phil didn't say much this morning. He's deliberately not said much this morning because I want two things to work. I want the videos to speak for themselves. I want this to work where we're on this board. But finally, when I read you something in a moment, I want it to be the most telling bit. Today is Resurrection Sunday, is it not? He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Is that true? We've already said he destroyed the works. He destroyed the power. Yes? There's more to come on that, but I'll leave that for the time being. Everything that we need is being given. It's in the storeroom. It's in God's storehouse. All we need to draw it down. You've already got a full paid-up membership, and there's no access to special areas for somebody and not for you. We can each progress. Each of us can learn, grow, and develop skills, talents, giftings to be the all that God can want us to be. But the truth is, if we use the gospel of up, life has got in the way. And then you know what happens? I look and think, I'm getting a bit old. I'll leave it to Tonga and Tumbi. They're the ones. They'll get it sorted out. I'll leave it to a Joel. I'll leave it to a Sam. I'll leave it to a Daniel. I'll leave it to a Jake. And how far down kids' church do we want before of palming off responsibility where I say, do you know what? Maybe it's still me. Maybe it's still me. Do you know what? Maybe I've still got some use. (laughs) Maybe you still have some use. I won't say me. Maybe you still have some use. Yeah? But again, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel comfortable. I'll use a sports analogy just for a moment. I know it's a man thing. But in playing golf... They tell you that to hold a golf club, you hold it in a certain way. It's one of three ways to hold a golf club. And they say that golf isn't a matter of yards. It's a matter of millimeters. Because all depending where I place my hand at any time means whether I can hit the ball or not hit the ball. It's all just about a little bit. And I can assure you, I've not got it right yet. I have not got it right. All it means is matters of degrees of change. If you will start to work, it might feel uncomfortable. The comment before about making a friend, having people you can share life with, starting to pull the barriers down. I've been hurt so bad before. So what? Risk it again. Is there anybody here not been hurt? Friendship comes at a cost, doesn't it? But the value of the return on that investment is wonderful. Yes? Let me just read you this to finish with. We talk about Resurrection Sunday. We talk about our Jesus. We talk about our Kingdom King. You've heard this before because it's something I've read when I I placed it down, but I wanted to bring it this morning. He is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He was taken the likeness of a man. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. Through his life, he destroyed the works of the evil one. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He was made a curse for our sake. He was buried in a tomb. His spirit went down into Hades. He was made a public spectacle of the enemy. He took the keys of sin and death. Through his death, he destroyed the power of the evil one. He emptied paradise. His resurrected body rose on the third day. Through his resurrection, he destroys the presence of the evil one. He ascended to the Father. He entered the second veil. He cleansed the mercy seat. He gives us a better covenant. He has given a name that is higher than all names. Every kingdom and domain must bow before his sovereignty. He is the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. He made a way where there was no way. He paid for sin of mankind once and for all. He has made us new creations. He has enabled us to become sons of the living God. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in you. He was seated in heavenly places. He intercedes on our behalf. He was given for us the greatest gift, which is the Holy Spirit. He causes streams of living water to flow out of us. He leads us into all truth. He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. He trains us our fingers for war. And our hands for battle. He empowers me to do greater works. He calls me to start where Jesus left off. He causes me to see, enter, inherit, and advance the kingdom. He is my kingdom king. All of what we do is because of that. If everything that he went through has no value, why are we here? 
If you got a Groupon deal this morning, if somebody sent you an email and said, I'm just letting you know, you can go and eat at the Lazy Toad, you and your family for a pound, you realize you're phoning everybody you know or forwarding that email. Thanks, Julie, because she'll let me know the rest of you, keeping it to yourselves. <laughs> if you came into something good, do you not tell those you love and care for? If not, we've got a bigger issue here, apart from if you're not having a friend. You're tight. You've got deep pockets and short arms. You will carry and tell people about the life and benefits you come into. All of this, what we're talking about, our kingdom king, is what he's brought you into. That's why we carry life. That's why we carry power. That's why life is an adventure. But can I give you a caveat? If you don't want to scare yourself, don't pray these kind of prayers. Carry on doing what you're doing. It's fine. But if all of a sudden you want life to be a white-knuckle ride... Get up in the morning and say, Holy Ghost, not my will but your will. Lead me into opportunities today. And you know what you've just done? You've been down to Blackpool Pleasure Beach. You've bought yourself a family wristband because I can be on any ride at any time. Yeah? Let's stand to our feet for a moment. It's all about the life that you carry. It's about the life that's inside of you. God forbid that we sit here with our Carl and Ellie lifestyles. I think it wasn't nice, or wasn't it nice? I did stuff. I did stuff. I raised my kids. I went to work. People thought I was a nice fella. I washed my car every Saturday, and I always made sure my hedge was cut. Fine. But we're made for bigger than that, aren't we? I can't do mundane I can't do mundane. Again, for those who know me, will tell you parts of OCD kick in. And we're at parts of OCD that if I drive to Drolsden from my house, I won't drive back on the same road. Not because I've got some form of OCD. It's just I refuse to get stuck into patterns. So if I do that way, I'll go back a different way. The way I go to work, I never come home the same way. Whichever way it is, it doesn't matter how short the journey is, I never go and come back the same way. When I'm in Malaysia and we're walking down the street, if I walk to a shop this street, if I have to walk out of my way, I'll walk out of my way not to walk back the same street, of those who's been with me realize. Life's all part of an adventure. If you get stuck in mundane, nothing changes. But if you want to turn around and say, God, you've already, we've seen what church was. And all the thing that was missing was a faith expression and some power. And what stopped us was really this. And what did we say? What was the answer? Keep doing it so you're not afraid anymore. But guess what? If you want to feel alive, scare yourself a bit. Scare yourself a bit. Can I tell you a little secret? Don't scare your partner. Scare yourself. <laughs> True story. Lonnie Bingle. Remember Lonnie? Pastor Lonnie? From Washington. One time, his wife decided that she was just going to, you know, play a surprise on him. And the lights were out in home. And he walked through the door and she jumped from behind the door. Ah! And then she woke up. <laughs> just as, remember, he was an ex-Navy SEAL. The, the one thing you probably don't want to do is jump out in the dark on a Navy, Navy SEAL. And uh, as the saying goes, she woke up with a crowd round her. But it's the bit. Just be careful who you scare. Start with you and let your life grow. Yes? So come on, let's just raise our holy hands just for a moment. Father God, we thank you this morning, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, not only did we have Friday, Lord God, but Sunday came. Lord, we thank you that without the resurrection, we have no life, we have no hope. But Father, I thank you that we are a people of life and hope. That, Lord God, out of us will flow streams of living water. And my God, I just pray, even today, Lord God, Father, this very, very simplistic message, that, Lord God, Father, you will sow something into our hearts, something in our hearts, Lord God, that says, Father, this is bigger than me. 
That, Lord God, you went all the way, Father, so that I could be part of my Father's business. That, Lord God, Father, I pray that you will give us words to say. That, Lord God, you will give us the opportunity. Lord, that you will allow us, Lord, that as we take our faith to work, something will be different. That, Lord God, I pray for a testimony. I pray for lives transformed. I pray for opportunities, Lord God. Father, of where light means darkness. And, Lord God, we will see lives transformed. Lord God, give us lives that will turn situations around. Break us out of the mundane. Lord God, give us the spirit of adventurers again. Lord God, Father, we pray for the heritage of this very land. Men and women who heard the gospel, packed up, went to China, went to India, went to Africa, went to the nations around the world to carry that word of life. Lord God, we thank you for these men and women who went before us. But Lord God, I pray even now in Jesus' name that Lord God, this is our field. This is our place of work. This is the place where you desire that we bear much fruit. That, Lord God, Father, we plant where we are and we'll grow. We will go. Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name right now, arrest our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Transform us, change us, Lord God, and cause us to see bigger than ourselves. Oh, Lord God, Father, for we have been changed to be kingdom changers, Lord God, to be life changers, to be carriers of hope and life. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Bless you.